Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Chanel Cunningham. Uh, we got connected via IG, and I have been so pleasantly surprised at how many Black entrepreneurs are on Instagram. So I found a, a new pool of guests to tap for the show. She is doing some amazing things, whether it's writing books and selling products, uh, digital products for the classroom, etc. And I wanted to have her on to talk about her uh, entrepreneurial journey and the work that she is doing in selling digital products. So for those who'll be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and now Audible, Chanel, will you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Chanel Cunningham. I'm an educator, author, and entrepreneur. And I am here because I have several different passions. You know, I believe that, you know, if you have several passions, then pursue all of them. So I have many different gifts that I like to touch and to reach. So I do a myriad of things. You know, I do teaching, I do coaching, and also do writing because those are the three things that I love the most. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm always curious, how did people get to where they are today? So what did you think you'll be doing when you were growing up? And how did you find yourself in a K through 12 classroom? That's a good question. When I was younger, all throughout my elementary and middle school years, I had it in my mind that I would actually be a veterinarian because I actually, you know, I love animals and things like that. But the older I got, I realized it came to my realization that I couldn't just work with puppies and kittens and that I have to work with all kinds of animals, all different sizes. And that pretty much couldn't X that out because I don't really work with big dogs and I don't like aggressive breeds. So because I can't choose the animals that I want to work with, I was like, you know, I don't need to be a veterinarian. <laughs> so um, when I got to college, um, I graduated from Spelman in 2015. But while I was there, I decided to major in education because I do really like working with youth. And I wanted to make a difference in their lives the way I had multiple teachers make a difference in my life. I know what it's like to have a really good teacher who cares. And so I wanted to be able to give that to someone else's child. So that's why I chose education. All right. Another Spelman Knight on the show uh, and fellow HBCU. Uh, I, you know, I, I love the HBCUs. Um, that's all I applied to my senior, my senior year. And, uh, you know, once I visited Tougaloo College's campus on a college visit, I was done. Uh, I was like, I, I like this. I like this. So, it was a great experience for me, and I and I would suggest any black person send your child to an HBCU. Uh, they'll never they'll never regret it, and you won't either. Uh, so just a little tangent when you said that, because I, I love the experience. Um, and going to your website, uh, of course, I saw the books and the cards and everything. But what I really noticed is how big you are in the digital content space. Um, what was the impetus for you actually becoming an entrepreneur? 
Well, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I grew up in the household with my mom who has always had a self-employed position. I grew up watching her, you know, never have a nine to five, really just create her own schedule and be an entrepreneur. You know, she does real estate. She does coaching of her own. She's always done things where she could work for herself and choose her own schedule. So that was always in me from a young age. And so I just decided that since I do have, you know, a love for entrepreneurship, why not do that as well? Because, you know, I, I love being an educator. I like, you know, the formal structured format of the job, but I also like being an entrepreneur. So I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and pursue that passion too. So that's just something that I really like. I have several passions. So entrepreneurship is just one of them. Mm. For those who don't know, when I say digital products and services, uh, what are they and how can they be an important revenue stream for an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Well, um, to start from the last question, you said they can definitely be an important revenue stream because it's a lot easier than, you know, brick and mortar products. There's not any overhead cost of like sending them, packaging them, shipping them. So it eliminates a lot of, like I said, the the heavy lifting. So that's really the benefit for, you know, revenue for entrepreneurs. But going back to the other question, a digital product is basically, um, it's two different things. Digital products are intangible um, things that only exist on the internet. So intangible goods could be something like, you know, eBooks, journals, workbooks, um, what else? Um, just basically you could be tracks, recordings, audios, anything that you can really download from the internet could be a product that you could give or offer or sell to someone. And digital service is a service that's rendered electronically or electronically delivered. So like coaching, uh, consulting, proofreading, editing, all those kinds of things, any services, things you can do for other people and deliver it on a platform that would be called a digital service. That's all right, that's all right. And I've been doing the service piece since the pandemic hit and it has been amazing and it's been lucrative too uh (laughs) it's good yes i mean you know to to do a i said a training session via zoom Mm -hmm. and i'm spending an hour an hour and a half to do it and it's like boom, there it is. I I even, I had a friend call me once uh, who works at a university and she said, hey, we're putting together this thing. I don't have a big budget, but can you do this session for 50 minutes? I got $250. And I'm like, yeah, it's 50 minutes. (laughs) I'm like, that's a good use of your time. I was like, yeah, you know, in 50 minutes, that's a TV show on Netflix. So yeah, I could have, <laughs> I could have for $250. Uh, so it, it, it's, it can be an awesome gig, you know, once you are getting into it. Uh, tell us about some of the products uh, you sell. Mm-hmm. Well, um, specifically my digital products, because I do think it varies from creator to creator, but for me and my whole avenue, I do eBooks, I do journals, but most recently I do affirmation cards and I do um, digital downloads, like basically for children, because I don't know if I said this earlier, I have two different audiences. I have an audience for educators and things that relate to teachers. And then I have a children's audience where, you know, I'm an author, I do things dedicated towards children. So for my educators, I do affirm, uh, affirmations, I do eBooks and journals for the educator side of it. And then for children, I have affirmation cards and journals for them too, but it's um, age appropriate for them. So um, I have, those are the digital products I mainly do right now. Oh, and I just came out with a coloring book for children, which is a digital one. So yeah, those are the products that I have right now that are out. Hmm. Now I saw on your website, a, a couple of books. How, how did you 
get into writing? Another good question. Well, I've always been a natural writer. I've been a writer since I was old enough to write. You know, I've always been drawn towards writing, journaling, doing essays. English was my favorite class in school. You know, I just really have a passion for that. And so because it's already a natural gift of mine, I've just kind of, you know, grown that over the years. You know, it started from writing in journals and poetry to writing stories and essays and then eventually books to, you know, educate and help others. So that's kind of been with me my entire life. So how should an entrepreneur go about looking at their strengths, you know, skill set, uh, career experiences, work products that actually do in the classroom or outside the classroom to sort of figure out which type of products or services that they need to uh, create, you know, because as an educator, you're like a Swiss army knife, right? You, you in your classroom or your, whatever position you're doing, you're holding on many hats, doing so many things, but normally what you hear in the business world is to sort of niche down and figure out like a specific lane that you can kind of dominate and bring your receipts to. Mm -hmm. So in looking at all of your experiences and what you've been successful at or what your principal or other teachers are coming to you or saying, hey, you know, you're awesome at this. So can you help me do this? Or how did you do that? How does a teacher look at all of those things and figure out where they need to go? Mm -hmm. So the direction for that will be simple. I know um, it can be a common misconception that you need to just, oh, do what's popular or do what's going to make the most money. And I don't agree with any of that. I think if you really want to narrow down, because you're right, teachers are a jack of all trades. So if you really want to know what you should do, you just ask yourself the simple question, what am I good at? Or you can phrase it as, you know, what do I like doing? Because that's how I found out. Like, you know, whenever I was deciding what, what's going to be my digital product or service, I just asked myself, I said, well, what do I really like doing? And when you find what you like doing, then, you know, the compensation will naturally come after that. So for me, I love to write. So, you know, that's how I came across eBooks. You know, I love, you know, the whole concept of affirmations. That's how I got into that lane. So it's really up to the specific content creator. Ask yourself, what do you like doing? And then when you have the answer to that, then you'll have the product that you need to create. So you hear a lot of people sort of talk about different uh, tiers or being able to scale or upscale what they're doing. So you, you may have uh, an ebook, but that ebook could turn into coaching, right? Uh, how does someone look at that process so they can reach multiple customers? in the same niche, right? Cause you don't want, you don't want to be like, oh, they buy this one thing, but they don't ever come back. But you want to be able to, them to buy it and like it. And oh, oh, Chanel has this coming out. Oh, let me get this. Oh, she offers this. Oh, let me get that. How, how do people work out that and determine what they should be doing in order to create multiple offers for the same uh, customer? Mm -hmm. So um, with a concept like that, um, when you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, or a content creator in general, the last thing you want to do is try to reach everybody. You definitely want to have a specific audience that you're talking to, your target audience. And once you have that, um, the way I basically scale products and the, the tiered service that you were talking about, I basically have it narrowed down to three different points, and that is add value, 
address the problem, and then provide a solution. And what I think when you do all three of those things, you naturally get the people, you know, repeat customers, people who are looking forward to what you have coming out. And you don't have to worry about, you know, okay, does this person going to like it? Are they going to like it? I think you have to add value. So, you know, have something relevant to say for your market. You want to address the problem. What's the problem? So for instance, um, classroom management strategies or, you know, options for what you want to do when you leave teaching or how to transition out of teaching, how to thrive in the classroom. So whatever it is, you want to address a problem that your audience would have and then provide the solution for that. And that's how you're going to be able to maintain your audience and keep them coming back. So I think when you do all that effectively, you have access to everyone and, you know, the people who, you know, want to pay you, they'll pay for it. Or if they don't have it, they'll find the money to do it. So because, you know, when people have a need, they will compensate a lot to be able to meet that need. Now, I don't do this very well, and that's offering free content, right? I have my podcast, but... <laughs> when it comes to delivering free content related to the areas in which I actually get paid as a consultant, I don't do much of that. Uh, how important is it to offer free content in order to build an audience, in order to uh, show your value add to potential uh, customers where people see it, they feel it, and then they want to rock with you enough to actually purchase from you. Hmm, okay. Well, the, the area of free content is a very broad, a broad subject. Um, I also refer to it as freemium, like I said, <laughs> premium, but except it's free. So freemium. So freemium, freebie, free content, all of that is really good. I think about that offering free content is really a good way and a good idea to basically let people know the type of work that you do and build your audience. So even if you have a small audience, that's good to enlarge it. If you have a large one, you can make it bigger because everybody likes free stuff. So that's a good way to definitely engage and, you know, get an audience to, you know, grow a lot. Um, personally, I like doing freemiums because it allows me to give back to people that give to me. Um, actually, you know, you made the good comment that, you know, your podcast is a form of free content. A lot of people underestimate what social media is. Social media really is the biggest type of free content you can give away. So even if you're not, you know, necessarily selling your consulting options or you're not necessarily selling coaching, just getting on camera and speaking to people and spreading that knowledge and adding value, that is free content. You know, the social media posts, videos, um, Instagram reels, Instagram lives, stories, any type of post, anything you put out on the internet, that essentially is free content because they don't have to pay to see your page or your website or your videos or anything like that. Uh, but when it comes to like, you know, like a digital download or something you want them to specifically have in their inbox, I think that's good to do, you know, every once in a while. I personally, you know, I love doing freemiums, you know, because that really, it helps people to know who you are outside of your brand. They get to see the person, you know, I think that's a way that you can differentiate yourself. You know, if ever you want to differentiate yourself on social media, I think the number one thing you have to do is to be yourself because, you know, you can't get any more different than that, you know, because no one person is like the other. So if you want to differentiate yourself in the market, market on social media, just be yourself. But to answer your question about um, free products, yes, it is good to do that occasionally once in a while to, you know, get new clients, you know, re-engage the current ones and, you know, just as a way of giving back. And that can look like a lot of different things. You know, um, for me personally, I have a free ebook that's up there right now on my page that is for teachers who want to have options for leaving the field. Like what do they do when they decide they're done teaching? I wrote that for free because, you know, I'd want to be able to give that free content to where, you know, they'll come back and they'll want to you know know more about it in which you know we can go from there but yeah free content is something you definitely want to do and it's individual to the person so um you have to really look at your business and what is you offer and how can you break a piece of that off to give away mm. so 
when you're looking at using social media and can you, can you just mention that so you can like humanize yourself uh, to people who come to your, your, your feed or they follow you. Uh, how do you think about what you post? Because Instagram is, for me, it, it's something. You can see all kinds of photos on Instagram that, you know, some of them quite honestly shock me sometimes because I'm like, you're a teacher? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay. All right. Uh, when you're thinking about what you're going to post, uh, whether it's a, a picture of yourself, uh, a pic, you know, selfie, you're on vacation, or a picture of a product, what goes through 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 your mind? And are you thinking, or should an educator be thinking, my superintendent could see this picture, my principal could see this picture, the parents of my children could see this picture, or is that something that's irrelevant to? what you're trying to do when you're trying to sort of build your brand? Uh, I would say it is important if you're trying to build a brand because um, there's two different ways you can look at that. There's a way to humanize yourself without compromising the brand and the image that you want to you know, put out there. But um, it would depend, like say, if you are an entrepreneur and you want to have a brand and you're looking for a certain image audience and you want to promote a certain message, then yes, I think you do need to be cognizant of what you do to represent yourself. If you're an educator without a branding, you know, you just on Instagram to have fun, then no, you wouldn't need to worry about who's going to see that. And I, I see that on, on, on um, Instagram too. The way I see educators handle that is they have a public page that everybody can access and they have a private one. So um, I think that if you want to, you know, post different pictures or things that are not aligned with your brand, then I think they should get a different page for that. But if you are an entrepreneur looking to build a brand, then yes, you do need to be very cognizant of who's going to see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, don't come at me like that people. I know I'm, I know I'm a man. Don't, I'm just <laughs> some photos shock me. Um, when you put together your book, because I want to take a little deeper dive in the book you just mentioned, about options for teachers. And this is where, for me, my podcast is trying to amplify those voices of educators who are out there monetizing their talents, who are looking for ways to, you know, make a bigger impact uh, and also make the, make the income. Because, you know, we work in a field where you can't go ask for more money because you've been successful, mm. right? They can give you a plaque, a plaque at your school district, a certificate. You could be named teacher of the year, but you ain't getting no extra check on top of that because your salary is determined by the state and the local supplement in your area. But your school district ain't kicking in, generally speaking, unless, unless you're talking about these hard hit areas where they're in desperate need of teachers. They may give, you know, $2,000, you know, $5,000 bonuses to bring you in. But, you, you know, it's, it's not like a lawyer where you close this big case and you're like, hey, you know, next quarter, I'm going to need a little something extra on that check. 
<laughs> right. So we don't we don't have that option. We, we make what we make. Mm-hmm. And I'm not complaining because we chose this profession because we didn't choose it for the money. But I also believe that we don't choose to be broke either. So when you were thinking about this book and putting together this book, um, why, I guess, was this so important for you to write? And when people and when teachers gain access to it, what are they going to see? Mm-hmm. Well, it was important for me to write it because as a content creator and, you know, someone who, you know, really wants to help others and have a platform, it's important that you basically know your audience. It's important that you keep your ear to the ground and see what those needs are because I'm a very big, you know, supporter of the fact that I don't create things just to be creating them. I create them because I see a need and I want to address that. So when the pandemic first hit, you know, I saw so many complaints from teachers talking about, you know, they didn't want to do it anymore. You know, they want other options. They want out of this. They felt trapped. They felt stuck. They felt, you know, unimportant, unappreciated, undervalued, all of that. And so to me, those all sound like pain points that nobody was addressing. So I said, well, then that's my job. Then let me, you know, create something that's going to help them if that's their train of thought. So I created that, you know, because I heard, you know, all the outcry from teachers who wanted a different option, but didn't know how to necessarily pursue other options outside of teaching or how to transition out. So when they download the book, they'll definitely see, um, that's, I'll tell you this, it definitely scratches the surface. It's not a comprehensive list. It's really not. It's just barely scratches the surface, but they, they'll get like five different methods of what they can do if they decide to stop teaching. And it's going to tell you, break down point blank, you know, how to go about doing that. And also it, they'll help you know the pros and the cons. You know, I make sure that when I give an option, I give the pros and the cons, they can weigh it and judge for themselves if that's one of the five options they want to take. And at the end of the book, you know, they'll have a a chance to contact me personally. And of course, I can go further into detail. But as far as the free content is concerned, I give five um, surface level options that are really good for teachers who want to transition. How do they do it? What is it? And then what are the pros and cons of doing that? So that's what they'll find in there. That's all right. That's all right. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I don't know, uh, I, you know, some teachers will ask me, hey, you coming back uh, next year? You're doing whatever. And, you know, I, I enjoy the people I work with, uh, you know, from the superintendent to my direct supervisor. She's really awesome, very supportive. Uh, but I'm always open, you know, I'm always open to opportunity uh, because, you know, brother trying to get some new flooring for the house you know i'm, I'm just trying to do it exactly. and uh <laughs> i'm just just trying to enjoy the ride and for those teachers who you know what i mean it, it, man we're at that time of the school year right now people just waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> people just like counting down the days they, hey we're, we're just getting there and so i i can see where you know people are are at at a point to where they may be thinking what's next, right? And Mm -hmm. so part of, you know, what I do with the podcast and also have a documentary out called The Entrepreneur, which is about teachers uh, hearing from people who, that's what they do. There are educational consultants and you hear about their their challenges and and triumphs and and, uh, things that they've been doing. How, how does it impact their lives with their children and, and spouses and all those things is I never advocate for a teacher to just pack it up and roll out. Right. But in addition to what you're doing, how can you take that 
that love, that reason why you became an educator in the first place and go out there and monetize it and create a different type of life for yourself uh, and your children. And so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna check out your book, quite honestly, because uh, mm-hmm. now, now I'm excited about <laughs> it, right? Uh, so this has been an interesting conversation. So I, I appreciate you coming on today. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Also, if I can ask, um, where can we find your documentary? I'm interested in seeing that. Uh, it's on Vimeo. I'll send you the link. Okay. And I'll put it in the show notes, uh, you know, since you brought it up. Thank you. Uh, but before we go, what is the best piece of advice you've received from another, uh, from from one entrepreneur? Uh, and what is the one thing that an entrepreneur must get right when they are launching a digital product or service? Mm-hmm. So the best piece of advice, um, I wouldn't necessarily say one educator gave it to me. It's more like, you know, experiential advice. You know, my own experiences have been the best advice for me. So I would say the best advice that I got from myself and my own experience is that, you know, don't be afraid to do something new. You know, a lot of educators, they feel like they have to stay in the box of being a classroom teacher. They don't think they're allowed to pursue other gifts and talents or think that they don't have the time. I think, you know, if it's something you really want, you're going to make the time or you'll make an excuse for it. So I think that, you know, if you really want something, you know, don't be afraid to do both. Don't be afraid to try new ground, new territory and just see what's out there. Because, you know, you'll never know unless you give it a chance. So that's that's the advice that I would have. And then as far as um, what they should do, like before they should post a product or um, referring to that second question you had, I believe that um, my answer to that would be um, really there is no really right time to, you know, uh, promote a product. There is no real thinking process behind that. I think the way that you want to go about, you know, promoting a product or selling something digital is that, you know, you have to be able to address a need within your audience. So there's no, there's never a wrong time to just need, there's no right time to address it. When you see it, you know, address it. So basically always look to be the solution because the world is full of problems. If you look at your audience and really analyze who you're talking to, you'll find the problems. And so when you see those, you know, be ready to address them. And that's when you want to release your products when you have the answer to what your audience is looking for. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Chanel, for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Now, people, you know how to do this. This podcast episode will be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe and I need you to share it. Yes, I do like seeing the stars, but can I get some reviews because I'm trying to be found and I'm also trying to get Oprah on the show and I want her to know that we're doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Chanel Cunningham, for coming on and sharing so many gems. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show, the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you, EDU, peace.